There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That's... Yeah... They have asked for that, really. France are going to the World Cup. Get over This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. Boom, 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 it follows. Boom, 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 it follows. Ah, that's actually a After I use mindy language. And I suggest you shut up and show more football. Good lad. I don't throw teacups. It's not my style. I think I've got a throw punches. What you doing down here, you shorty man? <laughs> It's November 17th, 2015, the morning after the Republic of Ireland dominated Bosnia to qualify for Euro 2016. This is a bonus edition of the Irish Times Second Campus Podcast. Murph Ken, how are you? Hello there, Unzi. Good, Owen. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Oh, you were out celebrating, uh, well, sampling the celebrations. Obviously, you were working, Ken. You were sampling the celebrations in Dublin until the early hours. He journalised till about <laughs> 1.30, and then there may have been an hour just for Ken. I was chronicling was the gaiety of the nation, Owen. And how gay was the nation? Uh, it Extremely, uh, yeah. by the looks of your photos. I, have say, I haven't, haven't really seen this type of thing happen before, but maybe I just have been, you know, I haven't been uh, putting myself in the right positions to see mm. this kind of stuff. Um, I I came out of Roma too, on that uh, about three oh six. Well, hold on, you have to explain. Not everyone is from the greater Dublin area. Can might know what Roma two is. Roma two, Owen. As some people will have guessed, <laughs> who don't know what it is, <laughs> is a chipper. All right, okay. Uh, I came out of there. Uh, I mean, I was in there for a long time. There was a, there was a long queue had developed, uh, and you know I'd been trying to find various fast food options at that time, and eventually settled on Roma too. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I came out of there, I noticed some kind of disturbance. Was it a disturbance on uh, on Wexford Street? Uh, or One to of my the right. prime uh, drinking streets of, uh, of that's Dublin. that's in Dublin as well. Yeah, and I I looked up to my right and. There appeared to be people suspended in midair. Oh, I thought that's interesting. Yeah, I wonder what's going on there. <laughs> journalist, journalist hat back on. Rare you see a person levitate these uh, days. So I went up the went up the street a little bit, 
And it turned out, yes, that there, there were people uh, who, whose feet appeared to be at head level and who were, who were standing there uh, in the middle of the road uh, with a, in, in the middle of a huge crowd who were completely blocking the road and singing uh, Stand Up for the Boys in Green, which is always the kind of song people, which is always the song people seem to sing in that sort of situation. I think because it's just a loop that goes on forever. Very easy to remember the words. Uh, it's easy to remember the words. Nobody has to stop at any point. There are no verse, chorus, you know, changes or whatever, and you just keep doing it mm-hmm. for as long until, until the police come and, and disperse you. Uh, and that, in fact, was what the police were in the process of doing when I arrived. It turned out that the people who were in midair were actually standing on, I think, a van. Now, I don't know whose van it was or whether the owner of the van was entirely happy with... I mean, there was probably six six lads on on the roof of the van. Um, there was people kind of surrounding a him. parked van or a van that was. It was in the middle of the through. road. I, I mean, uh, the van wasn't wasn't moving. I mean, at least the person didn't try to drive away with the people mm. on the roof of the van. That would have been, however fond you are of your van, irresponsible. It yeah. would have been an irresponsible move. It would have been. It would. There's all kinds of pitfalls with a move like that. There was people standing on the phone boxes. Uh, there was people kind of wherever there was anywhere they could they could kind of get up on and stand on the top of and look down on this crowd scene. Uh, people were doing that, and the whole the whole street was blocked. And then you could hear their as the uh, police, oh. oh, you know, wanted to open the road again because the people <laughs> wanted were to all, ensure uh, people's safety. Yeah, all this. It's the nanny state, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it really is. People, guys, were all, time was time the Ireland I knew, Ken. You yeah. could stand on someone's van. And sing a uh, ridiculous song in a loop. Guys, it's actually uh, 7.30am, people are trying to get to work here. Oh, Garda. Yeah, yeah so that was... That I don't was think you heard insane. me the first time, Gard. Stand up for the boys <laughs> in green. So, uh, they, you know, that, that was the way it was. It was, uh, it seemed to be, uh, I mean, I suppose it's, it's, you know, it's what uh, people... What it's all about, Ken. I suppose that is what it's all about. Murph, you've been furiously searching the finer details of Euro 2016? Well, I, I, I did within about within about half an hour, well, maybe 45 minutes of the end of the game, I was checking up uh, host cities and UEFA.com will give you all you need there. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say there's about, there are five cities that would be brilliant for Ireland to be based in and then there's five, you know, I could, I could probably take or leave. Well, which, which uh, I'll, I'll do it, no, Ken, I'll inform UEFA. Myself, it's fine. No need for me to go, you know, slagging off the people of Lille unnecessarily <laughs> this morning. And I, I don't think there, now is the time. But I did get to see uh, Super Victor, the uh, Euro 2016 mascot. Super Victor. That is the boy's name. Super Victor. What is he? Uh, he's an exceedingly pale young chap. He, he uh, looks a bit like Robbie Brady. Yeah, he but does actually, yeah. Was well, he just a little... A little is he... He's a, an anemic little sprite, really, he, isn't he? He's like a little Pixar little boy, you know what I mean? Yeah, he with like can, kind of spiked hair. Yeah, and a uh, cape. I mean, he they didn't really. It, it looks as though it looks as though they had three. This. They had three minutes to come up with a mascot. <laughs> and if you'd three minutes, you'd say Super Victor probably would be okay. If you'd any longer than three minutes to think about a mascot, then what? What about a little boy in a France outfit wearing gloves and? with vaguely planetary designs on his cape. He actually, you know what he looks like? One of Snap, Crackle and Pop. Like Snap, Crackle yes. and Pop have broken up and this, he used to be Crackle, but now yeah. he's Super Victor <laughs> and he's and he's moved on and I don't know what's become of him. Was it amicable? Show. Did he have a big bust up with Pop? 
uh, I can't imagine. Those things rarely are amicable. You know yeah, what I mean? It's always you don't one work guy, together for that long. Yeah. And then, and have then have just, another break up. Yeah, we've had It's a, always like one guy ends up, you know, going on to more success. One guy's work ethic drives the others insane. You know, yeah. he sees it as a work ethic. The others see it as mental illness. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, one of them ends up making more money than the others. Jealousy ensues. And, you know, just things go, things go wrong. Mm. So that's... It just be careful, Ken. Pop is a notoriously litigious... Character, is, yeah. So yeah. he might, may well be listening to this. Yeah. By the That's way, the on speed our friend Super Victor is also not very. Well, maybe this is trying to be inclusive or, or something, but he's wearing the number sixteen. So oh, showing no, that it's it's Euro twenty sixteen. Oh no, I'm an idiot. I'm actually <laughs> idiot. I was thinking they've made him a substitute to show all kids that it's okay that you don't have to start a game. No, no, it's Euro twenty sixteen. You, you, you just tried too hard. There. What about the scenes in the dressing room last night? I don't know if you saw the video the FAI sent out. Yes, yes. of I did. the yes. man in the Superman costume. Running in and roaring, I'm uh, sixty. Dick, Dick Redmond, Alan. that was Dick I'm Redmond. I'm sixty and I'm going to. France. Should I should I know Dick Redmond in advance? Is, isn't he the kit man? He's kind of the guy who. Um, ah, so he wasn't just a stranger. I thought they were very. Sense. I thought they were very friendly to him. All right. Yeah, it uh, would make sense. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. No, he, he's. Uh, yeah, he's the Irish, he's the Irish team's kit man. You, uh, he. I mean, he's. Everyone loves the kit man. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm surprised you don't remember Dick Redmond, from, from Soapot. No. no. I, all I remember no. from Sopot, Ken, no. is David Ford wandering around like the mayor of Sopot, opening doors for the wives of other players and being a gentleman, largely, as Stephen Hunt mentioned it, is putting everyone else to shame by being out and about. Yeah. But uh, I don't remember Redmond, no. Ah, uh, Dick Redmond had a... I mean, I think we all did in Sopot. A couple of... Couple of um, we nights. all partied. We all, we all did. Uh, most of the, the touring party. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he, uh, he, he was there and he, he was in a Superman outfit last night. John he? Delaney there, of course. No Superman outfit. Um, oh, the, the Superman in. outfit is implied. <laughs> and Roy, Roy Keane looking very—I I didn't see much actually of Roy Keane in those photos in the dressing room. But I was—he no, was at the back. Was he just first thing that every single person did when they saw that photo? Look for Roy Keane. Where's Keane? Yeah, he's not in the shower, is he? God, Keane, come on, enjoy yourself. But he's right at the very, very back, and he looks like he's having a whale of a time. He so. is—he is doing a, a press conference uh, later on today. Roy Keane, he's. Uh, he bashfully agreed to uh, to say a few <laughs> say a few words to the media because you know like last night Martin O'Neill did his press conference afterwards and uh, he was it was full of gags uh, he it was full of Martin O'Neill's trademark dry humour mm. uh, oh yeah I took off Glenn Whelan there at the end no yeah it was tactical you know Glenn is always the slowest man off the field so you know I took him off there because it was you know we just wanted to waste a bit of time there Glenn hasn't scored in about 44 years so <laughs> you know this this kind of stuff I'm sure Glenn's delighted <laughs> with these gags ah uh, you know well Glenn you know, I'm sure he's nearly the same age as myself kind of thing and uh yeah, uh, that that was all great. But but he usually, when he's finished doing his press conference, he usually then um, does a, a separate little one for daily newspapers after that one. But he was just like, no, I'm not doing it, you know. But it kind of, not it wasn't quite the one-fingered salute, but it wasn't far off. So instead of that, uh, Roy Keane is going to do something a little bit later well, on. Well, he was about the happiest I've ever seen him looking after the game, even the sheepish way he was trying not to be dragged mm. by Martin O'Neill out to the middle of the field when O'Neill was taking his acclaim. It was nice to see. Yeah. Well, yeah. No? No, it was. It was nice to see. I mean, it, it's right that Martin O'Neill... Martin O'Neill is the manager of the team. Mm. So he should go out and take the acclaim of... Hey, is that well, I, mean, I don't well, remember Brian Kidd. I don't remember Brian Kidd saying, oh, after you, Fergie. <laughs> you know? The, the, the famous Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Well, that was uh, an explosion of emotion. I mean, Roy Keane, there's, there's etiquette 
comes into it after you know if it's 10 minutes after the final whistle as opposed to Kino's like oh shucks little old me you know it's like yeah Kino get out there Martin, it's fine I've won enough so incredible <laughs> scenes on the field in the dressing room but another sign of the professionalism of this Irish team is how quickly those players get their game face on when they're walking past the media in the mix zone oh, yeah. <laughs> out go James McLean doesn't seem to want to talk to the media too much anymore maybe for understandable oh reasons. it might be because the media keeps writing that James McLean you know Shouldn't be in the team. <laughs> that kind of thing has a, has a, way, of, has a way of annoying uh, players. Dampening one's also, enthusiasm. When will James McLean step away from his, you know, idiot Twitter comments? Uh, mm. That's another thing. He was on Twitter last night, of course. He was a few times. What was it? Uh, what was he saying? Enjoy your holidays, they said. Send We're going to France, they, they said. said. Yeah, then, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so a few of the players, most of the players seem to be slipped in. They were obviously in the dressing room for a lot longer than usual as well. So I'm sure there are um, deadlines to keep. And so forth. Anyway, let's hear the people I did get a chance to talk to. Robbie Keane and Robbie Brady. I'm, I'm warning you, you might be able to tell, I'm warning you in advance here, that they don't sound as excited as they definitely were on the night, but maybe they just tone it down a little bit. So let's hear, this is going to be very quick. Robbie Brady was asked, is this the best performance? Was that the best performance of the campaign? I think so. I think because of the game that was in it, you know what I mean? It was really crunch time now and it would have been a, a hell of a shame to let it slip tonight for everybody uh, everybody watching and everyone you're playing for to be a... Uh, It'd be a shame to, to let us slip tonight with the, with the performance we put on in uh, during the group stages. You got a lot of look down the left-hand side. It looked particularly in the first half, got heavily involved. Was that something that you had targeted in advance or did you just feel it as you were going that there was a bit of space? I as I was going along. You know, I mean, when you got the likes of Jeff Hendricks and Wes Hillerham moving in front of you, it's, it just it makes your pass obvious, you know what I mean? And it's easy. So uh, I think uh, the movement of them two in front definitely helped me get forward today and... They're great players, you know what I mean? The more we train, the more we play together, just get sort of an understanding of each other and what way the lads move. And it's just uh, it, it opened up my game a lot, a lot in the first half for, for the lads doing their work. I spotted a moment towards the end of the game when you were about to bomb forward and it looked to me like Martin O'Neill was calling you back, is that right? Yeah, I think so. I wanted to get forward <laughs> and get involved, but I think just the time that was in it, I sort of knew myself before he said and I heard him around the same time, but I, uh, as I set off, I sort of said to myself, it was better off with two goal lead now and might as well uh, hold on to it and see the game now. Rob, you've obviously, seen, you've obviously seen some big occasions in Lansdowne Road and the Aviva Stadium over the years. Was that as good as anything? Yeah, well, I think it was probably the most comfortable one that we've probably had, to be honest with you. Uh, it didn't, didn't really feel like we were under too much pressure yeah, at times. Uh, it's, uh, obviously, the Estonia game, the away game, was, was fairly easy. But I was fairly comfortable tonight. I didn't think they, they caused us too many problems. And once we got the first goal, I, I was... Uh, I was fairly comfortable that we were going to go on and win the game. Half-time was a time where players could get nervous given the prize at stake. didn't seem to be the case. Second half was more of the same. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we, we continued to, to, to stay the same. I think manager put a couple of substitutions on to uh, give, give everybody a lift, which, which, which helped. Uh, but listen, it's when you qualify for a major tournament, it's just, there's no better feeling. Uh, them young lads are going to certainly enjoy and they'll, they'll, they'll remember the first time they qualified for a major tournament because it's something special and you know it wouldn't be the same you know in France without the Irish supporters I think they, they were brilliant again tonight and uh, we certainly look forward now to next year You seem to uh, take umbrage with something that the Bosnians were doing before the game could you reveal what that was or you don't want to talk Just about it? Kicking balls into a warm up we're warming up yeah, so <laughs> Robbie, I meant that as a very light-hearted. Maybe I, I got the tone. You really managed to suck the mood out of that one. <laughs> nice work, nice work. I really hope that in a day, in a couple of days' time, Robbie Key will be doing an interview where 
he mentions the killjoys of the yeah. Irish media yeah. who just they're they're always just we just qualified for years and this guy suddenly wants to know about about some fight I've had before the but game. it was a great it was such a brilliant moment I thought yeah let's all laugh at the Bosnians now but apparently professional footballers you've don't really, like doing that you've really shamed sh- what the, you ripped whatever shreds of dignity are left in journalism there on see it's not I, real nice it's not it's not easy in mixed sounds is it there's, no. there's there's more or less nothing to ask most of the time. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to ask, it, but it's difficult. You're kind of generating, you're trying to generate comments out of almost... Uh, and particularly know, when a player hasn't here. actually played, in fairness. Mm. It's hard, to, there's no specific you can cling to. Cause sometimes a player walks out and you think... Robbie, you must feel terrible about yeah. having played no part in that. Robbie Brady, for example. Oh, yeah, I remember towards the end, Robbie Brady was being pulled back by Martin O'Neill. Might ask about that when he was trying to bomb forward. But with Robbie Keane, yeah, there's not, there wasn't necessarily... Uh, huge one to say he was. He was in. He was Robbie, do you think you'll make the squad for the Euros? <laughs> not I the mean, time to bring that up. No, you see, it's 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 not the time to ask any interesting question. Mm. You know what I mean? Almost, almost. There's, there's only a kind of a small range of things that you can. Yeah, I think ask the, about. the mix zone is is uh, much more favourable to the player than it is to the to the journalist. John yeah. Walters, you've been reading a lot of quotes from him today. Um, not man of the match, bizarrely, Ken. I thought he was. I, I I falsely reported that he was man of the match. Oh, really? Yeah, because I saw him doing that pitch side interview and I just assumed, oh, Walters is obviously the man of the match. I mean, at that stage, I wasn't really looking up, oh, better confirm that Walters is the man of the match. He was my man of the match, Owen. It, it was a, that was a, the an Irish, Irish Times, Times award. The Irish Times can pick a man of the match award just as well as he can. Yeah, although I did yeah. think, I, I thought he was the official man of the match because he was doing that interview at pitch side and he, and he tried to answer the first question and he was just drowned out by this roar from everybody. I thought this is great that, that John Walters is getting a moment like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was brilliant. Absolutely. He's, he's become our Dennis Irwin, Ken, of this generation. I was talking uh, to somebody about this. What's wrong with that? <laughs> well, no, I mean... I'm I, just waiting to see what we're... Okay, sorry. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Uh, you're too annoying, Murph. You're too annoying when you get like this. <laughs> what? The calmness for the second goal was impressive, Ken. The calmness for the first was. goal was impressive as well. He was oh, being yeah. asked a lot about that afterwards. Uh, did you have to play a, a lot of mind games with Begovic? Well, actually, I asked him that as he was going by, but we didn't play it because <laughs> he was literally walking by and there was one word answer. He said, uh, no, just stuck it in the net, which is <laughs> kind of uh, no. interesting. But he, he noted himself, he has missed penalties in his career, but as he says, he'll step up and he'll take them. And in fairness, he's scored a couple of key ones for Ireland in the last few months. Yeah, he scored the one against uh, Poland, obviously. Um has he scored another one for Ireland? Got one against Austria. Austria. Was that a penalty? He, yeah, I, mean, I, know, the, I remember he got one, which was kind of from a corner. Yeah, he got he got a header that day. Yes, and a penalty. Okay, right. So he scored. He hasn't missed one yet for Ireland. Uh, long we let that, that hang that there. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, who else were you impressed by? Uh, Th- this is such a, a big players. game. Yeah, we can literally talk about how great every player was. Quite a few players. Um, I mean, Randolph looks. Looks pretty good. You kind of just hope that he gets somewhere now where he can play some football between now and the tournament. Seems to kind of look the part of a goalkeeper. Hasn't made many saves. Hasn't had to make many saves. Made a good save away in Bosnia, if you remember the one where he kind of charged out right. We only saw afterwards. Yeah, Yeah, it was good. Um, Clark was excellent. Uh, Kyo was pretty good as well alongside him. So you're looking at those two and thinking, that's probably now our starting central defensive pair. Do you think? I think so. I would yeah. say that John O'Shea uses the ball better than Keogh. Oh, he definitely does. I mean, I think that John O'Shea is a is definitely a better footballer than Keogh. I mean, he has been all his life, but he has been getting injured quite a lot. You know what I mean? And there's this. I suppose it depends how the rest of the season goes. But like, at least you know, Keogh has shown that we've got 
another central defender who seems to be uh, a solid option there. I mean, what we really need is a left back. Mm -hmm. That's what we need because Brady was actually good at left back last time, but he still ended up. There was still one moment when he got caught. Remember that ball down the right hand yeah, side? The and second just half, went, yeah. Went outside him, and that's going to happen. That's always going to happen if Robbie Brady is the left back. I thought he was. I thought he was great last night, um, but. He's not a left-back. It was a great selection by Martin O'Neill. If you look at that defence, he had a few decisions to make, whether or not to bring O'Shea straight back in, whether or not to stick with Stephen Ward at left-back and mm. Robbie Brady further forward. So he makes two decisions there, and both of them were excellent. And yeah, I thought Robbie Brady was very... Okay, he, get, he does get caught sometimes. Yeah. And his set-pieces, for all we hear oh, about how great yeah. they are, I'm not sure how often... He's not a Dennis Irwin, Murphy, in his set-piece delivery. No. I'll tell you that for nothing. Uh, I, th I really think that he's... Sort of the you know get a reputation for uh, getting up early. You can stay in bed all day. Yeah. There it has been. There, I mean, you know, the about four games ago, uncharacteristic night for Robbie Brady on the set pieces, and then for the last four games, it's like Robbie beat the first perfect man. Well, they're all you know they're all bad set pieces except the ones that result in goals, like the one for the second goal last night. I suppose that. Well, that, listen, that's absolutely true. But I I think that if you give every one of our players eight set pieces to take one of them will probably be, I mean they are professional footballers after all they will probably they will probably deliver one at least I think he was saying um, someone was telling me anyway I don't have a recording of him saying someone was definitely saying to me oh you know he uh, I think was it he he was saying to Hendrick over the free kick listen I know I've had a couple of bad ones but <laughs> if you wouldn't mind I'm just gonna <laughs> and I think Keane said the same thing to him at the end Jesus, yeah, you had about ten bad ones, so it was about time. Really, <laughs> I'm pretty sure someone said that to me last night, and I think it's true. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Will we leave that in? Well, I would say that there's well, listen, extra chances. To, that's what happened. Yeah, happens. and according to the Irish Times this morning, Ken John Walters got man of the match. Yeah, so, so let's yeah, just. Yeah, I, I think once you have an opinion, just stick to it. Yeah, just encourage your I actually thought uh, Glenn Whelan was very good last yeah. night as well. Well, we hadn't finished. We just been going through the team. Oh well, I'm. I was moving it on as best I could. Yeah, go on, Ken. No, I've, I've already done that by suggesting that Glenn Whelan had a, had an excellent game. I think he did. Yeah, Got Whelan, some warm applause when he went off. Whelan was good. Well, McCarthy. Um, McCarthy was very good in the first half, I thought, actually. Yeah. He didn't, I didn't feel he showed as well in the second half. He did fine, but I thought in the first there was a few biting tackles and you could see early on, ah, great, this is the slightly more aggressive James McCarthy, who is a very good player, as opposed yeah. to the passive one who... Just funny with the, with that with that guy, but he yeah. was very good. Yeah, who else have we got? Um, Jeff Hendrick. Owned. Oof, good performance. Jeff Hendrick. I am a big fan of yeah. Jeff Hendrick. Jeff Hendrick knows how to play football. Owned. Mm -hmm. He knows how to play football. Him and Robbie Brady linking up down the side. And Wes get involved in that as well. Wes who then? Um, Dar Murphy. Thankless task. Thankless task. Shane Long, of course, came on and ran around and uh, had a good impact. Well, did he, he missed a chance, but was he maybe was he maybe interfered with by that central defender? Not really, I don't think. Was that Spahich? I don't think it was on that occasion. I'm not, although I'm not sure it could well have been. Emir Emir Spahichkin, the yeah. unsendoffable, the first world's first ever unsendoffable footballer. Yeah, according to last night, he was kind of the opposite <laughs> of uh, you know. Remember the uh, Dudu Awat? Yeah, ten years ago, yes. Dudu Awat the. Uh, Unbelievably annoying Israeli goalkeeper who, more than anybody, knocked Ireland out. Managed to get Andy O'Brien sent off. Didn't he? Was it Andy O'Brien? I can't remember. Did he get? Did he even get one of us sent off? He yeah, he he managed to receive a punch from one of our players. <laughs> 
by just being surely, really annoying. Surely yeah. it wasn't out of pride. Yeah, no, it's a, it. You know, funnily enough, uh, Emery Spah, I was watching him last night. He reminded me of, and you can all uh, YouTube this later, Johnny Maher, the Lafrey hurler. Remember this uh, uh, video that went like viral? He was playing in like the Galway County hurling final, and with a couple of minutes to go, he just went completely insane and started like tripping people, kicking people, punching people, and for some reason. The clip ends with Lafrey having a penalty instead of uh, the inevitable red card that Johnny Maher should have got, and uh, it did kind of strike me that uh, that the kick to the to the midriff to the midriff that led to the second goal was him saying, "Right, well, we've all had a good laugh here, but I I really fancy getting sent off now." Uh, I mean, you know, already it's a joke that I'm still on the field, yeah. but this kick to the midriff is. You know, it's a, it's basically a cry for help. Please send me off. It was it was amazing. He was the anti doo or what? He was like, I want this guy to stay on the field. I was watching him thinking, I hope he doesn't get sent off because he's such a maniac. He's losing it so badly that every other player there is is thinking, what's going? This guy, he's he's freaking out all his teammates as well. Yeah, and in the end, he was the guy whose whose fell led to the second goal. But he was just so he was better off on the field for us because he was causing. A lot of consternation in their ranks. Oh, I th- absolutely! I right. thought that. I thought watching it. They, no, we actually don't want this guy to get sent off. <laughs> he is a he is a complete liability to his team. And watching the, t- I don't know if Bosnia are, if the the name of Bosnia Herzegovina is synonymous with, you know, mental strength. Uh, yet, mm. you know, the young football nation of Bosnia and Herzegovina. This is something they need to. Uh, work on. There was a moment in the second half which was so weird. I'd never seen, I couldn't remember seeing something like it before. It was, uh, Pjanic had the ball. Pjanic is a really good player. You know, he's like a quality player for Roma in the Champions League. Um, I think he's got six goals, five assists so far this season. He is like a top uh, footballer. He has the ball in, just inside his own half. Um, sort of looks into midfield and then just plays this weird pass to nobody, which in fact rolls straight to Jeff Hendrick who takes a touch and then knocks it over towards the far corner for James McLean. Remember, McLean got a corner. Um, but Pjanic, as he, after he played this ball, to nobody, like n- nobody in his own team, it, you know, it just kind of watched it roll into midfield and then turned around and started screaming at his own bench. I thought, what are you doing? Why are you, They've got nothing to do with it. You're just screaming at the bench. I yeah, remember that, yeah. He was, was like, just remonstrating. I didn't know who he was screaming at, to be honest. Well, he... Why? I thought, why? Why would he be screaming at the bench? And maybe he's saying, "Oh, you know, you need to sort something out here. This is not working." And I thought the problem with Bosnia is they've got two really good players and a bunch of quite mediocre ones. You know, general standard, slightly below average standard international players. Whereas with Ireland, we have a bunch of players who are really quite similar in standard at the moment. I mean, Hulin, I think, is the best footballer in the in the team, but it's not. You know. I think there's there, we don't have some big star who's like dominating everyone else. You know what I mean? We don't have there's like no a Zlatan. Portugal situation. Yeah, no, no Zlatan, no Ronaldo. Yeah, if Portugal, you know, if we had two or three more Cristiano Ronaldos in the team, I'd be more confident. But we don't, so yeah. I'm here. You know, we're, so I think I think the kind of um, spirit in our team is a lot better from that point of view. You know, at the moment, it's not even as though. Um, I mean, Robbie Keane, for instance, there was a really nice article written about Robbie Keane by Stephen Reid the other day before the uh, before the first leg in Bosnia, um, where he was talking about how great 
uh, Robbie Keane was to having the squad and how kind of welcome he made Stephen Reid feel when Stephen Reid arrived. He, he was kind of intimidated. And Robbie Keane, who was like a big famous player already, he's like, all right, Steve-O. You know, trying to bring him in, and you know, it was he, this is you know Stephen Reid was basically saying, oh, he's he's a really good guy, you know, behind the scenes. People don't, mm. people don't, people just see the great goal scorer. They don't see the great human being. You know what I mean? It was it was a nice article. Yeah. Um, but when Robbie, like the last few years, the last couple of years of Trapattoni, and when Robbie Keane was in the team, the rest of the team was carrying him to an extent. You know what I mean? His presence in the team was kind of weakening it a little bit. Like I mean, it was taking away a bit of the running, a bit of the energy of the team. Because it was like, oh, Robbie has this great gift that none, nobody else has. He's like, you know, uh, there's like uh, 11, 11 blind men stumbling around in the field. And there's like one eye between them, like one eye that you hold to your forehead to be able to see. And Robbie Keane has the eye, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like we have, to, we have to sort of carry him around on a sedan chair <laughs> so that he can, he can point the way to go. That was kind of the setup. Like, and I don't know if it's the best structure for team spirit to have that kind of... Yeah. Because now it's a bit more, it's a bit more equal. It's a bit more uh, everyone in together. And Robbie Keane still fulfilling that behind-the-scenes role in the squad, you know, and sending the Bosnians away when they tried to encroach in our territory and, you know, and given Snippy... You can't put a price on that. You can't put a price on that, Ken. No. So, so look, I I just think we're in a good place spiritually, Owen, at the moment. I'm reading a Guardian report, Ken, on Ireland's draw with Israel in 2005. Uh, Oh, yeah. Andy O'Brien, red card. (laughs) After some histrionics by the goalkeeper for Israel, Dudu Awat. Yep. How many times... Did Andy O'Brien get sent off in his career? I wonder. I mean, he he must have got a couple of professional fouls, but you know. Yeah, no, there are a couple because I was googling here, and he he apparently was a controversial one for Newcastle again around 2007. He, yeah. he tried to have that overturned; it didn't work out. But listen, we're not here to talk about Andy O'Brien no. today. Unfortunately, let's hear a little more about last night. Myself and Ken caught up just outside the ground after the game with Richie, with Richie Sadler and Dion Fanning. Richie, how are you? Marvelous. <laughs> I'd imagine so. Yeah. What did you think? Um. <laughs> Delighted, it was surprisingly almost comfortable and like control really in a kind of a performance that we're in kind of in control the whole way through. We're just speaking in the media room afterwards. I don't remember over the whole 180 minutes of the match any prolonged spell where you thought, God, we're really struggling here, we're really under the cosh. Um, deserved, deserved winners there by, by a distance. Robbie Keane said something identical actually. Did he? Chatting to him there. So they just said, felt comfortable the entire time. And he was, when you're an unused sub, that's maybe a stressful place to be. Sometimes you're so involved with it. But he said, no, no, it was like we felt we felt okay, got the goal, that settled anything that was there, and, and off he went, which is pretty good testament to the players and to Martin O'Neill, given what was it, they didn't seem to worry too much about what was at stake. Yeah, they did, and, and I don't think you could say that about the Bosnians. I mean, from the first half, some of them looked as if they were kind of have really struggling with the conditions and, and their head seemed to be going. But um, yeah, it just seemed to be, like of the whole campaign, it was the most... Solid performance, um, which perfectly timed given what was at stake. Speaking of perfectly timed, Dion Fanning has strolled over to us. Dion, we were just talking about a comfortable team for everybody. Were you comfortable? Uh, no, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I, 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 I always got to see see things, you know, glass half empty. And uh, but you know, you did kind of watching it. You think right, Bosnia are really, uh, you know, Ireland were playing well, and Bosnia were you know really not playing well. So it did seem like. You know, this is gonna this is gonna work out okay, but it wasn't until like the, from you know from ten, like ten minutes before the first half ended, and, and then the fifteen minutes until the goal, or ten minutes into the second half, they, you know they had a bit of pressure and a bit of possession, 
so like the second goal was was very important and uh, and then obviously it was comfortable then but I think it was great for Walters because he's been he's been exceptional in in the campaign he really has yeah, maybe the comfort levels we're remembering are actually from after the second goal rather yeah. than what do you think well because the last 20 minutes was just uh, everybody singing and celebrating <laughs> having qualified for the Euros uh, forgot Bo- about the tense 70 minutes before that <laughs> yeah. Bos- Bosnia just completely Bosnia quit at that point it was they, they were like well that's the game finished we just have to play it out I was just worried that maybe Spahic was going to kill one of our players <laughs> uh, going to finish the job he'd been trying to do all night I mean we were we had a great referee tonight who really gave us a couple of dig outs first of all a penalty which we would have been pretty angry to have given against mm-hmm. this. And secondly, he resisted the temptation to send off Spahic for four <laughs> bookable offences after his yellow card. There was four bookable offences he committed, and luckily enough, the last one of those led to the free kick that led to our, uh, you know, killer goal. So he was kind of the joker. He was like the joker on the field tonight, and uh, we were lucky to have him there. <laughs> and uh, and he's, re- he's 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 helped us out. Cowper's the referee. Um, Spahic and also don't forget Kazaishvili the Georgian who scored the goal against Scotland then made everything possible I, I am actually you just said there I'm forgetting the, the nerves I did have even after the second goal went in I'm sure you were doing it wherever you were sitting you know you do that thing of going well if they get one we're you know, they're one away from knocking us with the whole away goals thing and all that but um, but by that it was it was an enjoyable night which <laughs> which there hasn't been many games here I've left where I just thought yeah, I actually enjoyed watching that game. Were you pleased for Walters as Dion? Ah, yeah, it was it, it was brilliant. Like he, he's like he deserved it. I'm sure he'll get a huge amount of the headlines and the credit. But throughout the group, he was probably by a distance Ireland's best player throughout the campaign. Um, yeah, no, he was great again tonight. Robbie Brady, Dion was saying that at one stage he I could see him trying to bomb forward towards the end, and Martin Neal called him back which was probably fair enough there's only about 10 minutes to play at that stage but he did a lot of damage in the first half uh, which is maybe indicative of the Irish attitude certainly for, for most of that first half it looked like we weren't waiting as we've seen so many Ireland teams do in the last 5 or 10 years waiting for something to happen or for the occasion to, for, for the goal to come somehow we sort of made things happen I thought Yeah and I think that was also kind of indicative of how the team has sort of matured in the last you know since you know the Germany the Germany victory and, and you know since then and even you could go back to the Scotland game, but there's just been a progression. And the fact that they actually went out and went out on the front foot today, uh, even though O'Neill said that's what they were going to do, it was a lot easier to say it than actually go I out. Didn't, and I didn't it. think they were necessarily going to do it. No, no, I didn't think they would do that as well. Now, I think again, Bosnia, Bosnia came, kind of came out and they sort of quit sort of straight away and then they kind of unquit it was like sort of George Costanza trying to pretend he hadn't actually resigned and then they kind of said actually no we really have quit now when the second goal went in but uh, but you know Ireland like they did go for it and that, that was an amazing thing. and you have to say that you know there is you have to give credit to the manager for that he picked a team that would do that and then they actually went and, di- and did it because how many like I expect I think we all probably expected this was going to be tense that Ireland would just be kind of going well we have a lead let's not let's not, let's not mess this up and they, instead they, they went for it and that was uh, that was kind of how the game was won really What do you make of Bosnia's uh just their approach to both legs, Richie. Are they were they just not as good a team as we thought they were going to be, or did the occasion get them? Because for that to happen two games in a row seems quite surprising. Team ranked around twentieth in the world. 
Well, I, I remember actually in the TV show last week we were speaking about them, and, and and we did say at the time that you know we weren't up against a team that we should be. You partic- were, yeah, you weren't blown away by them having no, watched them a good few times. No, and do you know what? Even before the draw was made, you know, when normally you come out with opinions in Bosnia, you, you're just kind of spoofing. You're going off. Well, uh, you know what Zeko's like. I've heard of Pjanic, and you're kind of rattling out opinions based on knowledge of kind of two players. But then mm. I, I I was in RT last week and I watched them, and and um, particularly in defence and the goalkeeper, we're kind of saying things that. You just think they're not, they're not, they're not great. Now, obviously, you can counter that with saying, "Well, I assume somewhere in Bosnia, someone in the media looking at the Irish performances, and they're probably going into this thinking, you know, they're not up against a team that have done much in the campaign either." But um, over the two games, we like we were comfortably the better team. Are, how much praise are you heaping on O'Neill for this? I mean, you have to give him a fair bit, I suppose. Of course you would. I mean, I'd not like, even I suppose. I don't know why I'm being reluctant yeah, no, about it, but we should be giving him a lot of praise. No, I remember after the Scotland game here. Remember the, the post-match kind of discussions and my thoughts around the time. I think did we need like a four-point swing on Scotland in the last four games? Yeah, we, we we looked dead and married. I, now I, when I, Scotland Scotland came here and got the one-all draw, we looked finished at that point. And I I didn't think we were going. I thought we were okay. We're fourth out of really a four-team group. Um, in fact, in fact, we've come third, which doesn't sound that good, but we actually were in one of the strongest groups. Yeah, we were in a group with Germany and Poland are one of the better teams to have qualified in second place. We were up against the top scorer in the competition in Lewandowski, the second top scorer in Muller, the fourth top scorer in Dzeko. Even Stephen Fletcher was one of the top goal scorers in the competition. And, you know, we, we, we had to come up against all of these guys and actually have let in very few goals as you look uh, at our performance over the campaign. Um, have you know, had this amazing kind of resilience. I reminded Homer Simpson when he, you know, his, he's just getting punched by Dredrick Tatum. <laughs> he's somehow not going down. Uh, but we've, you know, I suppose Martin O'Neill has got to have something to do with that. It seems to me like the team's got progressively better and better by degrees. Maybe sometimes two steps forward and one step back. But generally the trend has been, has been forward. And now I, I kind of feel as though we're going to the European Championships with a team that's improving. I mean, the last time we had a team that was actually decaying, it was like it had peaked two years beforehand and it was just the same team that was going to go and you just picked the same players. And now this team, you get the feeling that, you know, in, in seven months' time, it's probably going to be even better than it, than it is now. So, you know, the signs are good. Dion? Uh, yeah, I think... Um O'Neill, you have to you have to give him credit. I think it's, it's a kind of weird group like that because, you know, it was it was the toughest group, you know, or one of the toughest group, probably the toughest group. Uh, but still, if you didn't qualify, you'd be saying, well, you know, you, like it, it's the bare minimum is is a playoff place. And then what what where where are you where are you if you don't qualify? Like, have you failed? Have you uh, how badly have you failed? Like Strachan, you know, came, you know, there was a lot of questions about Strachan when they, when they didn't qualify and the, the way they threw it away. Uh, probably had something to do with that, but you know you do have to give credit for the fact that O'Neill came in and he, he mentioned it tonight. You know he came in after the Scotland game and said, "I said it was still in our hands." Uh, now it wasn't really in our hands, no. but uh, you know it kind of looked like you know it looks now like it was. Mm. Um, and for for Ireland to keep going to get the result against Germany, to do what they've done over the two legs in the playoff. Uh, it also gives a kind of it gives it a great a great feeling about it. Like this is the thing, even with with uh, qualifying the last time, you know, beating Estonia, the, mm. the, the 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 run, you know, it was just there was there was something there was something lacking in the whole thing. Yeah. It was unconvincing. The whole like, Estonia was just too easy in a way. Mm. Like and it was just you couldn't really feel that there was there was a kind of momentum building with the team. 
whereas this has gone this has gone in the right direction. And the big results in that campaign were the nil-all draw away in Moscow and the 4-0 win away to Estonia. This is the first time, compared to that, we've gotten the amazing night against Germany. And I don't know if you can compare it to how this one stacked up, but and these are two, two of the great Irish football nights and they've happened within a few weeks of each other. It certainly seems like a few weeks. Yeah, I suppose the comparison to the last campaign, like I still don't know how that nil-all draw in Moscow was achieved. Oh, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, right? it was remarkable. But it, it, like, to compare the, the playoff victory last time, like, it was more like Estonia, you know, they collapsed in the first leg and, and we finished this campaign on a high and with our best performance. So we're sitting here now thinking of um, the potential of this team. Um, whereas the last time it was all a bit jaded and, and repetitive and we didn't go into it much hope but like the difference in the next few months like even in, the, in our podcast and the work we're doing and all it's, it's going to be brilliant because you're going to have something to look forward to and we're going to be talking positively about it rather than sitting here as as much as we would have been saying you know this was the toughest group and you would have rattled through the statistics mm. about the top scores and all that it would have been this awful reality of going there's 24 teams in a tournament and we're not one of them but Thankfully, that's not the case. Richie, Dion, we got a Seinfeld and a Simpsons reference in there, so job done, thanks. Thanks, lads. And Randolph sends it long. That's his kind of size. Shane Long's in behind the defence. Shane Long against Moyer. I hope you enjoyed that chat there with Dion Fanning and with Richie, who were both very excited. The most of the supporters had gone by that stage, but they were around for a good while afterwards. And the atmosphere was absolutely amazing, I have to say, Ken. Yeah, right, right from great. right from before the game, there was that weirdness around the minute silence, w- yeah. where a few Bosnians. Well, I think what happened there was basically some of the Bosnians didn't realise there was supposed to be a minute silence because I really don't think that that anyone was going to be, you know, disrespect. I mean, I don't know. Well, but what do they think was happening when everyone else is being silent? Though I, I don't know because because it, it wasn't as though there was like a, a concerted attempt to disrupt this minute silence for which was for Paris, um, but you could hear like some you know conversations continuing and then you got people going shh shh and then weirdly you got people booing while the uh, minute, minute silence, silence. Still on. I thought, oh come on we don't need let's, let's, let's not boo during the minute silence this isn't great I mean I know what people are trying people are trying to say shut up but at the same time why don't you just do that yourselves shut up you know why don't you not make any noise yourselves? Just leave it till the end of the sixty seconds and then go nuts. But weir- weirdly, it did add a frisson of excitement. I'm not saying it was uh, there should have just been a minute silence, but uh, it was maybe indicative of this sort of electricity mm. in yeah, the stadium. Huge amount of tension. In the there air. was a lot of tension, yeah, uh, which was evidence. I should also say just to, to stand up for the Bosnians here, but the, there were very few doing that. But it was a few lone voices in the in their end, yeah. and at the end of the game. The main, it seemed like the hardcore support, well, they're all hardcore if they're coming from Bosnia mm-hmm. to the game, but the real, uh, the guys... Fanaticos, doing, I think. Fanaticos they, were yeah. right in the middle of that uh, stand. All in these identical black hoodies with like A-team lettering on them. Yeah, it said Bosnian hardcore fans. Oh, did it? Yeah, I was walking... <laughs> that's how you, yeah, you notice who they are. I was, uh, I was yeah. walking home from work yesterday and, uh, and I saw a lot of them around Grafton Street. So, and it's, yeah, Bosnian hardcore fans. Well, I, the, tra- I tried to take a photograph of them and then I was like... 
maybe not. Well, the Bosnian hardcore fans <laughs> did stick around. Those guys waited till after the till the end of the lap of honour and yeah. were applauding the Irish players. I'm not sure if that was picked up on TV, but that was I thought quite a nice touch because usually when you lose a game, you just want to get out of there one way or the other. But the yeah, so we've got a we've got a home ground back, lads. That's a yeah, dare I say a, it's a fortress. Been, it's been a while, but the last two nights have been absolutely brilliant in the Aviva. Well, the well, Germany game and, and last night had have been unbelievable atmospheres. Uh, you see, I wouldn't say a fortress because I don't think that sort of thing exists, but it is like at least a place people can go and expect to have a reasonably good time. You know, yeah. like yeah. people can go and it might it might this might actually be a nice way to spend the night. This might be a bit of fun like. Uh, and it really wasn't like that for a couple of years. It was so so grim. Yeah, like a, yeah, a, a grim sense of duty was oh. it was why you were going. Why am I? Why am I here? Like, what's going on? This is terrible. Everybody just felt this feeling. Everyone just wanted to get away. There was no sound. It was just all these empty green seats. Now it's like all the games, more or less. Well, it's all the games certainly this year have been a great atmosphere. Even the Gibraltar one last year was kind of a mood of hilarity. Some, there was something funny about that game, you know? The Gibraltar goalkeeper, I think. Yeah, Gibraltar goalkeeper lashing the ball into his own yeah. net. Highlight of the Euro 2016 <laughs> qualification campaign. That was brilliant. But, like, yeah, I mean, it, so it has been It has been great. It's like, uh, and it, I don't know whether it's, I think it's a t- it's both, but both the fans are kind of helping the team and the team are helping the fans. It was a slightly I mean? different, I don't know what you feel, but I don't know if you can compare atmospheres or if there's any need to really, but... The German one obviously had this strange atmosphere. Everyone used a big night and everyone's getting behind the team, but it's, it takes a while for us to realise we're in with a chance here. Yeah. It's probably only 60, 65, 70 minutes. When it, then Shane Long gets his goal and suddenly you're, you're well, hang on. And it becomes this big night, whereas this is either going to be a great night or a terrible night. Yeah. And it's probably not, there really won't be any in between. And the fans, the, even the chanting of the fans, you'll never beat the Irish, for example. It just sounded more confident because we were 2 nil up and there was no yeah, fear was, at that stage that we were going to lose. And the a, noise was amazing. A long, a long, gloating rendition of You're Not Singing Anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. maybe that was because of the minutes silence yeah. issue earlier on. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, but I mean, it was just Ireland fans just giving going it a little, the, little of the bully in them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the Bosnia, the, you're not laughing now, Bosnia. Not so high and mighty now, Bosnia and Herzegovina. <laughs> yeah. The uh, yeah, like one of the few countries in Europe smaller than us. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the element of disbelief that was there around the Germany game was was something for the for the players to to kind of feed off of. Whereas this was very much. We expect you to get through tonight, right from the right from the kickoff. We 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 expect you to do the business tonight, and they managed to react to that as well, which is actually really really heartening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the campaign as a whole, Ken. Yeah. For Martin O'Neill. Yes. Marks out of ten. I'd say. Uh, I'd say eight point five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. I mean, you beat Germany. That's pretty good, and then you actually qualify as well. That's very good. I saw an interview. I think, with, I, sorry, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think the... Um, I can't... I can't. The two Scotland games yeah. were really bad. Yeah. They were really, really bad. I mean, we got... And the, the hangover of that nearly... That kind of went into the Poland at home display, which actually wasn't that bad a display, and we got a last-minute goal to, to, to draw. So, I mean, that's not, that wasn't a bad performance. Really, in a weird kind of way, I was watching the Germany game with Mark Horgan, mm. and after 25 minutes, Mark turns to me and says... If this is how we're going to play it, we actually have no business going to the Euros, you know. And I hate 
comments like that, right? Even though at that exact moment, I had to agree 100% with him. But basically from that moment, we have actually, we've played really, really well. And like the Poland away wasn't great, but when you, uh, I mean, that wasn't obviously a brilliant performance by any manner of means. But at the same time, we, we were competitive and all of those displays from basically the 25th minute of the Germany game, all of those displays, if we go to the Euros and play like that, there's actually no disgrace in it because we actually played with a bit of belief mm. and we were, we're in all those games. Even the Poland away game, we're, we're in it all the way through. The, and the, the away to Bosnia, again, there's there's all the holes in it, but there's a bit of conviction about it. I thought there's, there was plenty of conviction in that game, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah like I, I just think that there is... Uh, I think there, 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 there is something there uh, to build on. Like I wouldn't be going in thinking... You know, if you look at all the teams that have qualified, you know, there are loads of teams there that we can beat. Like, there's a load of teams there that will that will beat us. But there are actually a load of teams in there that you would say, right, well, if we get those in the group, there's a chance that we can draw with these with, very easily with these teams. Yeah, isn't it the case also that you can now look back at the Germany game, for example, in the context of what we've done since and say, well, it wasn't a fluke. Mm-hmm. It was a fluke in the sense that they had loads of chances, but that, that's always going to be the case. We actually... Did, did all we could do to win that game. Okay, the Scotland games were poor. I think you can nearly write off that Poland game after the Germany game. In retrospect, that was going to be hard. It was, it was three days later. Mm, I know this is the yeah. job of these players to do this and there's not a massive gap between games and the Euros, so we're going to have to get used to it. But I, I, I always thought it was going to be hard to recreate that emotional high. And just over the 180 minutes against Bosnia, those guys are 20 in the world. They're supposed yeah. to be a lot better than us. Yeah, I mean, two points from four games against Poland and Scotland is not great. Uh, and and I kind of thought after the Scotland game that's that's it we're done. Mm. But uh, four points against Germany and four points yeah. against Bosnia, if you want to put it like that. Yeah, I mean that's they, pretty they, impressive. They really kind of kept their heads in that playoff. They never it never really looked in doubt in the playoff. And when have you ever been able to say that before? Well, against Estonia that time, but that was that was almost more of a buy. So this know? is Martin O'Neill as advertised. This is the guy we were supposed to be getting. Yeah, I mean I, I, Martin O'Neill has has delivered. You know. I mean, I don't think there's a single person in the country who would agree with every single thing he's done uh, who's been watching this team. I'm sure that at every po- uh, every single one of us has at some point clutched their head and gone, Martin O'Neill, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to Ireland, Martin O'Neill? <laughs> but, you know, at the end of it, we have arrived at the destination. What about Keno? I know we were talking about him earlier on. Roy, uh, Roy Keane, that is. Yeah. James McCarthy's given two of his best performances at international level in this campaign, I would say, against Germany and in that game against Bosnia in the second leg. Glenn Whelan, as you were saying, played well last night. Jeff Hendrick looks absolutely superb. Now, Jeff Hendrick's only... was He's early on in his career anyway with Ireland, so maybe this is just a natural this sort of improvement that you should be going through mm. after a few caps. But should we start giving Roy Keane a bit of praise there? It seems to me like a lot of our central midfielders are improving under Keane is that giving too much praise I to think I, I think so to be honest I, I think the players are probably the ones who deserve to oh yeah praise. but I mean we've been lavishing praise on them I'm just trying to spread um, it around to the management team <laughs> yeah I mean uh, the management team the better the team plays the better the management team look yeah that's all we can really say yeah uh, it, it is it's, it's obviously a much more nebulous thing to try and sit down and uh, and characterise what Roy Keane has brought to the brought to the table but I mean and if he was, you know, central midfielder coach, it would be easier, you know, if it was like divided in in, in that sort of way. But by, uh, but by the same token, we're there, so 
everyone can get praise this morning. That is the good thing about this one. Yeah, supporters. Supporters, especially supporters, fans, the supporters, yeah. management, the kit man. Yeah. This is Dick unbelievable. Dick yeah, the uh, exuberant fans on Wexford Street at the, 3 a.m. The referee, we haven't even talked about that. Oh, rather, yeah. soft pe- rather soft penalty. Sure, he didn't seem to know, he didn't seem to recognise there was a player called uh, Spahich on the pitch. Yeah. At some stage, he was giving frees and then, I don't know what was happening mm. in between the free and the... There's another Irish player lying up. unconscious. Yeah, <laughs> what's going on. You know? But what a, what a penalty. In fact, the entire first half, he must have given us about 15 frees. Yeah, I think he... Um, he must have thought when the ball came across that the ball had hit the outstretched left hand of the canvas rather than the tucked in right hand. Anyway, you know, at the end of the day, Owen, uh, I, I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. I was That's trying to think of a way it. to phrase that. And As Shane Jennings said yeah. on TV3 after Ireland beating France and he was asked by Matt Cooper, but what about France? What will they be feeding? What does it say about France? Similar answer. He had to deliberate for less time than Ken. Mm. Straight away, I don't care. France. I don't care. I just don't care. Well, it's the Barry Davies one, isn't it? Where was the West German defence? And quite frankly, who cares? <laughs> but funny enough, the um, I at the time I was I said, wow, that was, he was that really the supporters won us that decision. That was just a bit of a mm. panic by the referee. But when you think about it, it happened so quickly that the supporters didn't even really have a chance to shout for it. Uh, before the referee had actually given it. Oh, the penalty. The penalty, yeah. Oh, no. There it was wasn't one of those... There was oh, no, there a big was... chair oh, for it. Oh, and then the, I... then the referee pointed for it. It was, there was definitely oh, was a chair. Oh, was there? Yeah, because, I mean, I was the way I was looking at it was... Uh, I, I had no idea it was, a, it was a handball or even close to handball because the guy had his back to me. You know, I was kind of looking down from the halfway line towards this. So I didn't, I didn't get to see it. It was everyone around cheering. I'm sure that's why the referee gave the penalty. He was like, I think that might have hit his left hand. Everyone seems to think it was too. That's a penalty. <laughs> when did Asmir Begovic become the dodgiest keeper in European football? He was nearly as bad it's as Gibraltar. Rich, Richie Sadler called it on Friday night on TV, mm. saying like the major weak link that Bosnia have. It's a surprising one. Yeah, Asmir Begovic. I couldn't yeah. believe the clips he showed on Friday night as well. Howler after howler, and he seemed to have an obsession with trying to get Wes Hulin a goal yesterday. Yeah, and there were a couple Hulin of times kept catching him out. Yeah, Hulin did brilliantly, and uh, there's no point being wise after the event. But uh, you were thinking. There was particularly one of those back passes where Hulin was close to getting to him. This is, there was one where he blocked it down and couldn't quite. Was on the back foot then after the block and didn't have the momentum. He was to hand take ball, like handball was given. Yeah, but then the previous one, was, he was just maybe about a, a couple of feet away from making it there. And you were thinking, if that was one of our real, if that was Shane Long, yeah. he was there. This keeper doesn't seem to have a clue what he's doing, which is encouraging. So this is amazing. We've got our pantomime, not even villains. I don't know what you'd call them. We've got our pantomime figures from mm. the opposition, and we've got all these. So, so where well. do you fancy Owen? Lille, Lens, no, no, Saint Denis, Paris. Oh, yeah. south. Simon, Simon wants to go south. south. Okay, yeah, well, south. moving nice. moving south, we've got Lyon, Saint Etienne. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. quite nice. Uh, no, mining town, isn't it? Saint Etienne. I've been to, I've been to those places, uh, Karen, and I've I've got to say I hope that's where we are. Oh, Lyon, yeah. Lyon and Saint Etienne, but uh, I've never been to Nice, Marseille. Pff. What am I talking about? Of course, you've been to Marseille. <laughs> get up, get Not meet up with the old gang. Meet up with the old gang. <laughs> I've never been to Nice, Bordeaux, or Toulouse. Then obviously there's Marseille. Yeah, but Toulouse. I prefer the anonymity of Lyon. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Toulouse is beautiful. Bordeaux is very nice. Surfing for Simon, isn't there surfing in, in Bordeaux? Yeah. yeah, we don't want to get caught, Murph. With the you're going by physical beauty here. If you ever talk to any of the Leinster or Munster supporters who've been over to Claremont. Yeah, not not the prettiest town on the eye, as Steve yeah. Sutton might say, but apparently the best people in France. Amazing atmosphere, which is what you want as well from these yeah, cities. Yeah. That's in the massive central, which is 
Is it so, like the belly button of France? Come yeah. on. Come on, France. Um, slightly flabby no, belly button. Listen, I'm, I'm even Lille. Even Lille. I don't know where you're so down happy on, I, am. I don't know where down on Lille. Oh, well, I was talking I to someone last night who said that Lille was not very nice. So. Well, I mean, don't listen to these people. Just because there's a couple of slag heaps and stuff doesn't mean <sighs> that it hasn't got heart. You know, and Would Le- you not do something with that slag heap, Lille? That's Le- all I'm saying. Lille and Lance are right next to each other. In, yeah. the, in France's beer zone. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... Uh, <laughs> the beer zone. The beer, well, the beer zone. I mean, the beer zone starts just beneath, just south of Lens there and runs kind of across Europe. Underneath that is the wine zone. Okay. So, I mean, all I'm saying is Lille and Lens... Can you have wine in the beer zone and... Absolutely not, on. Absolutely not. <laughs> I think it's discouraged. Yeah. That's not how it works here. Either way, wherever we end up, wherever the team goes, you can be sure, Murph, we're going to see Super Victor. Oh, well, hopefully. Super Victor, you're the worst mascot ever. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, don't forget to get on to secondcaptains.com for the purpose of getting your hands on our new book. The Irish Times Second Captains Sports Annual Volume 1 is out now. So secondcaptains.com. You can, it's not out now, I shouldn't, uh, but it's ready to pre-order now and will be out later on in the week. Thanks a million for listening. Uh, we're going to France. Murph, thank you. Uh, thank you, Owen. Thank you, Kenny. Ken. Thank you, Karen. Thank, thank you, Owen. And thank you to the team. Thank you. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.